something true. A god is a god is a god is a door. Let's talk about the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, or rather what the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show has become, namely this strange avant-garde documentary called The Tour. So the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show used to be a pretty big deal, and if you never bothered to watch it, essentially what it was was a yearly televised fashion show where Victoria's Secret, which by the way is a woman's lingerie brand, they would invite the most famous, most beautiful supermodels to walk on their runway wearing the most fantastical creations you can imagine. Of course, all lingerie themed. And not only would you have these gorgeous women in this outrageous lingerie, but you would also during the show have musical acts. They would invite different musicians, uh, famous ones like Taylor Swift and Fall Out Boy to perform songs while the models were walking down the runway. So overall, this event was pretty huge for pop culture with all the celebrity names that were attached to it. It got Victoria's Secret a lot of attention. Was it high cinema or extremely cultured art? I wouldn't say so, but I mean, was it fun? Was it a good time? And did it succeed in raising awareness, positive awareness uh, toward Victoria's Secret? I would say yes. And it's for reasons like that, despite how strange it may seem to some people that I did call myself a fan of the Victoria's Secret fashion show. I watched it every year. I thought it was really aspirational to see all these beautiful women who are in such great shape and obviously so graceful walk down the runway in what was an unabashed example of just womanhood and femininity. However, of course, the Victoria's Secret fashion show wasn't without its critics. Specifically, a lot of feminists claimed that the show was misogynistic and objectified women, which I can see where they're coming from. But at the same time, I don't know if this is true for everyone who was watching the show, but my experience, at least the biggest fans of the Victoria's Secret fashion show were actually other women, not just gawking, leering men. And not only that, but as time went on, the show was also criticized for being uh, not inclusive enough. And now we're not talking about inclusivity in terms of race, because to be clear, the Victoria's Secret fashion show was very multinational and multiracial, which makes a lot of sense considering it is a global brand. And you know, the people they're marketing to, they aren't just Americans or Westerners. There are Victoria's Secret stores all over the planet. So I think it was good that the fashion show represented the people who were actually buying their product. But no, apparently the Victoria's Secret fashion show lacked diversity when it came to things like body type in that the models they were featuring wearing the lingerie were, you know, in, in shape. And of course, in later years, there were actually plus size models included in the fashion show. But I, I guess it's argued that even those plus size models were too attractive and not quite diabetic enough. And that also brings us to Victoria's Secret's alleged lack of queer and trans inclusivity. You know, not not enough penis on that runway uh, wearing the lingerie. And it's kind of interesting because from 2016 onward, when a lot of brands were leaning into catering toward the everyman and being less aspirational, more relatable, Victoria's Secret was definitely one of those brands that held on to the idea for the longest that, hey, the marketing material we were putting out there, no, it's not what all of our customers customers are going to look like when they're wearing our product, but it's what they could look like. And we are selling that dream of trying to be better instead of just relating to these people, if that makes sense. I'm not saying one marketing strategy is better than the other, but they are certainly different. But in any case, activists had never liked Victoria's Secret and specifically the Victoria's Secret fashion show, but things kind of came to a head in 2019 when there were some pretty bombshell allegations made against the company's then chief marketing officer, Ed Razik. Razik was basically accused of creating a culture 
culture of misogyny and harassment in the workplace, especially concerning the models who were involved in the Victoria's Secret fashion show and just their campaigns in general. And the criticism toward Razik and the outrage over these allegations actually got to the point where he did step down from his role. Now, if you wanna hear more about that whole scandal, the New York Times did an entire expose about it. That was released, I think, in early 2020, but still it details everything that had been boiling under the surface in 2019. And the reason why I bring this up is because under the increased scrutiny of social justice and feminist activists, as well as facing some pretty serious Me Too allegations concerning a former executive, in 2019, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show just didn't happen. They didn't have one. And at the time, I'm pretty sure the line the public was given was that they were taking a break, a quick hiatus to work on things, but that the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show would be back in the future and better than ever. Now, obviously, as you probably gleaned from the clip at the beginning of this video, uh, that was a total lie. And we're gonna go into exactly all of the ways that Victoria's Secret has disappointed its fans. But first, I do wanna say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Beam. Getting the right amount of sleep is one of the most important things you can do for your health. And in fact, did you know that poor sleep can cause things like weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and it also lowers your productivity. And if that wasn't scary enough, sleeping less than six to seven hours per night is also linked to reduce white blood cell count. White blood cells, of course, being the things that help protect our bodies against illness and diseases. And at this point, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir. We are all aware that sleep is really important, but getting a good night's sleep easier said than done sometimes. Well, introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa specifically for sleep. And today, good news guys, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar, now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleep has never tasted better. And hey, not only that, they also have a special seasonal pumpkin spice flavor available as well. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Beam Dream is super easy to incorporate into your bedtime routine. You just mix it with either hot water or milk, you store or froth it, and you have a delicious beverage that's actually gonna help you get to sleep. So find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Lauren and use the code Lauren at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren for up to 40% off and a huge thank you to Beam for sponsoring this video. So to reiterate, the last Victoria's Secret fashion show happened in 2018. And since then, uh, fans of the fashion show like myself have been waiting for it to come back. Well, some of us were somewhat excited when we heard that this would be the year, that this is the year that the models would all be coming back and Victoria's Secret would be giving us something to watch, but that it wouldn't be the fashion show we were used to. Enter what the brand has called the tour, the pseudo documentary that they have released to streaming on Amazon Prime. Now, the first thing to say about the tour is that it's not really a fashion show. In fact, it's kind of hard to explain what it actually is. I mean, to do that, I will defer to the movie itself and specifically Gigi Hadid, one of the show's models slash narrator for this film. Here's the sitch. We're going to four cities. Here's one. In each city, we feature five artists. One is a fashion designer. She'll create a collection. Then we have three more artists, ranging from musicians to painters to poets, you name it. And finally, a filmmaker whose role is to 
You've guessed it. Make the film you're watching. Someone had to film it, right? So right off the bat, weird concept, right? I mean, usually when people think of the Victoria's Secret fashion show or Victoria's Secret in general, they are thinking about, you know, lingerie. And it's kind of cool in theory that they wanted to feature different cities uh, in this new iteration of the fashion show. I don't have a problem with that. Specifically in this year's The Tour, I say this year's because I don't know if they're doing future years based on the reception, probably not, but uh, they featured Lagos as well as Tokyo and I think maybe New York and Paris. I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I didn't make it through the film. Yeah, you could definitely work with designers from around the world, uh, you know, specific cities while still keeping within the theme of lingerie and Victoria's Secret fashion show. You could have, you know, culture-centric pieces that highlight the different fashion from these different places where all of their customers live. And that could be a really fun way to kind of give a, a new twist on the old fashion show. However, to be clear, that is not really what they've done here. Number one, considering the actual fashion part of this, which I think is relevant to focus on because it's, you know, Victoria's Secret fashion show. Uh, I'm not sure if these people were not familiar with the fact that Victoria's Secret is a lingerie brand or if they were just given free total reign to do whatever they want. But to be clear, most of the pieces that feature in this film documentary, whatever you want to call it, are not actually lingerie, which I guess wouldn't be an issue or a problem if this weren't a Victoria's Secret movie. And it's, I don't know, maybe call me a purist, but when I think of Victoria's Secret, I think of lingerie because that's what Victoria's Secret makes. So why they decided to not focus on the thing that the brand actually makes is beyond me, but I'm guessing it has something to do with all those allegations of misogyny. They're like, oh, okay, you know, we're not gonna show women in their underwear really, it's okay. They have clothes on now, they're ugly clothes, but yeah. Aren't we feminists? And that brings us to the actual models that were wearing the clothes. There were some viral clips going on saying, oh, look at how Victoria's Secret models used to look versus how they look now. But to be clear, when it comes to those photos of all the women standing in front of the pink carpet, uh, that's footage from the premiere of the documentary of the tour. That's not actually footage from the documentary itself. I'm putting that out there for transparency because even though it's true that the models featured in the tour don't look nearly as sexy or as glamorous as the models that used to walk the Victoria's Secret fashion show, it's still not quite as bad as, you know, people are, are making it seem. With that said though, yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty bad. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with trying to do relatable marketing. I mean, brands like Dove have done really well with that, showing everyday people using, wearing, enjoying their products. But if you're a brand like Victoria's Secret and your whole image, your whole marketing is built around being aspirational and said, I mean, doing that 180 pivot it's pretty, it's pretty stark. And yeah, your, your customers are going to notice that. And look, maybe it's just me, but if we're talking about something like a lingerie brand, I don't want to see your average everyday person who in America at least is overweight in lingerie. Yeah, I would rather see a super in-fit model. I thought that would be self-evident, but I guess not. I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive to the models, but I mean, it is what it is. I had a baby last year. I'm sure most people would not want to see me in a bikini either. And it's like, that's okay. We're not all built or meant to be lingerie models. And that actually brings me to something else I noticed about the models because they do have, you know, your classic Victoria's Secret models, people like uh, Adriana Lima in this documentary. But even then when they do feature beautiful in shape models, I couldn't help but notice that they are styled in a very different way than they would have been for the Victoria's Secret fashion show. The Victoria's Secret fashion show, because it is an embrace of femininity and beauty, the models who walked the runway, they looked 
good. Sometimes fashion, they can try to make models, it seems almost ugly on purpose with really harsh makeup or strange hair to, I guess, advance some artistic vision, but that was never the case for the Victoria's Secret fashion show. The Victoria's Secret models were supposed to look good. Their hair actually was that, you know, bombshell blowout look. Their makeup was feminine and enhanced their features. They were supposed to look pretty. Contrast that to the way the models look in the tour. And for some reason, there is no embrace of that femininity. It's almost like, yes, they were trying to make these attractive models look worse for some reason. I'm guessing that reason being equity, <laughs> equity in beauty, just very bizarre. Uh, now, when it comes to the music that is featured in the tour. Now, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, one of the best parts of it was the music. They would invite huge singers, huge musicians um, from different genres, usually pop though, to perform as the models were going down the runway. And it was a cool way to tie in fashion as well as music and just make a huge cultural impact. In the tour, however, at least for the first city, because again, I did not make it through this train wreck of a movie. And so of having music while the models are walking around. And by the way, the models are not walking around in front of a live audience. It's some like empty, weird house. Instead of having music while they're doing that, instead they incorporated uh, a poetry recitation from, I'm guessing, a Nigerian artist they wanted to highlight. So that was really awkward and uncomfortable. This beast is a beast, is a beast now unleashed. But they still did feature music, specifically a Nigerian musician, as well as Doja Cat. But their performances are like their own thing spliced in between scenes of the models instead of accompanying the models. But I just had to redirect my cooking. I could have been an opener. I redirect the booking. I read it all the time and saying, D, I'm really shook. You make the time stop when you go. Oh, and when the temperature low, you're like hot stones on a stove. The way this film was constructed is just so weird and clunky. And not to mention, in between the scenes of the models overlaid with the poetry reading and uh, you know the Nigerian artists, you also have some scenes of the fashion designer trying to get these pieces together. Now, if you're interested in fashion, I could see why that aspect of getting this film together would be interesting. You want a behind the scenes look at how exactly a fashion show comes together. But as someone who is not that interested in fashion, I have to say that feels like it could have been left for a, you know, bonus material, behind the scenes look rather than as part of the actual film. What I'm trying to say is that not everyone who enjoys eating sausage wants to see sausage get made. I mean, some might, but not everybody. And if as a brand, as Victoria's Secret, your goal is to deliver entertainment, I would say you're probably better off only keeping the most entertaining parts in this film, which, which they did not. That look is the most difficult piece I've ever embarked on. We need to connect one more. So we do five, seven, nine, eleven. How exactly does this help sell lingerie? mystery to me. And that brings us to the film itself, the tour. As I mentioned, the whole concept for this video was just very strange and it seems ill thought out. But what makes matters even worse is that I also feel the execution of this was terrible. And I hate to say it, but I feel like the reason that is, is because of who they chose to direct it. From Twitter, I want to highlight the user at CordyEO, who is a content creator from Nigeria, directed my first film for Victoria's Secret. And I can't tell you how this process tore me apart and built me back up. Okay, here's the thing. 
Really cool that you want to highlight local content creators and artists. I understand that. Don't necessarily think that's in line with your mission as a lingerie brand, but whatever, you wanna do some corporate activism. However, I feel like you can still do that without going so far as to let someone's first film they've ever directed be your movie. And I know I hear a lot from some of you that I'm overly critical and you might be watching this review saying, oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. So Victoria's Secret tried to do something different and bring a little culture to their fashion show. That doesn't mean it's terrible, right? Well, to be clear, the tour has been universally panned. So it's not just me. Currently it has a 2.9 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a pitiful 1.7 stars on Amazon. You see what I think the problem is is that Victoria's Secret actually took to heart the criticisms of online feminist activists. Sales for Victoria's Secret had been declining for a while before they put an end to their fashion show. And instead of thinking, hey, maybe we need to switch up our brand, introduce something revolutionary, like a more comfortable bra, new workout material. I mean, the other day I saw an ad for a bra that also works on your posture. Or instead of saying, hey, maybe we get all this attention when we do the fashion show with celebrities, perhaps it would be cool to do a celebrity line because Rihanna, I think, has her own lingerie brand and that does really well. Instead of trying steps like that, to increase sales. Instead, Victoria's Secret thought, oh, the feminists must be right. We're not diverse enough. We're not woke enough. And that's why we're not doing well. And it's that type of thinking, I think, which led them into a partnership with Megan Rapinoe, because I mean, what else gets people to buy lingerie like a lesbian soccer player? And I think the mentality is also what has given us this abomination of a film. If you were to listen to what internet activists say that they want, then yeah, the tour would check all the boxes. It's very diverse. It features different body types. It features different artists from different countries. It's super feminist in that none of the women really look good, so you're avoiding the male gaze. It has uncomfortable, weird poetry and art, which, you know, progressives love for some reason. If we're just talking about checking boxes, then yeah, the tour does all of that. And yet, and yet, I guarantee you, not a single person will be moved to buy underwear from Victoria's Secret. Because ultimately, what these activists don't want to admit is that no, they don't represent the average consumer. And yes, we would so rather be entertained than have to sit through a essentially an hour of virtue signaling about how progressive Victoria's Secret as a brand is. That's basically all I have to say for now though. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.